Backyard Bets, episode two, starting now. That's actually the name of the pod. We thought of a name. Jacob Brown with you, joined by Tyler Fabian. First, we got to go into how wrong Tyler was in week one of college football. Then we're going to go into week two of college football and then go into the NFL. The NFL is finally back. We're going to pick all 16 games from week one Thursday. I mean, it's Monday that we're recording this and Thursday. We might even release this pod on Thursday or Wednesday, but the game's close. The NFL's close. Bills, Rams. We'll talk about that game and a lot more as well. And so, yeah, I mean, let's just start here, Tyler. We have week one of college football. You know, I kind of trashed it a little bit last week. I was kind of, I don't like these games. Is this kind of lame first week college football? And then a lot of fun stuff happened. It kind of changed my mind about it. But talk about the games you picked, the ones you got right and wrong, uh, but mainly wrong because I want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, as, as we know, the first week didn't go so well, but that's why I keep playing them sports bets. Some of those are, you know, all system. They will pay off. It's in the long run, so I'm not too worried about it. But, yeah, some of my bets didn't pan out. But, yeah, what a first great week for college football. Um, you know, the big announcement last week, you know, 12-team playoffs coming in. I'm kind of eager for it. Wish we could get it now, but uh, I'm not happy for that. It's a great, good thing for sports betting, but that's also why I love the sports bet. Keep some of those games interesting. Like, I was still glued to that Georgia-Oregon game, um, you know, 49-3. I was still watching it all the way through, trying to get those last three points to hit my over for the 54. <laughs> but, you know, if Oregon could have scored, you know, attempted a field goal attempt at the end of the half, or Bo Nix doesn't throw that pick on the 30-yard line while they're driving, or they convert on fourth and goal, I hit my over there, so I kind of missed that one. Uh, that one, not too upset about, though. The ones I was upset about, though, was Ohio State. I really thought Ohio State was going to put 35-40 on the board. That's what they're known for, especially in the Ryan Day era. Nothing. They got 21 points, and they scrapped for those last two touchdowns in the game. So I was a little disappointed on that, um, but it was a great game. I loved the game, loved watching it. College football is truly back. I got to also give my hats off to Notre Dame. I think that is the best Notre Dame game and team I have seen in a long time. And that's saying a lot, considering that they just lost their head coach to go over the LSU. We'll also pan that into the LSU. What was that? That was not the LSU Brian Kelly I thought I was getting. There was no pass attack on that offense. His stats may say he scored, he threw for over 200 yards. Most of that was that final drive, though. Like, what was that pass attack on that Brian Kelly LSU? Like, not taking anything away from Florida State. They look good. They look like they're back in a competitive way. Maybe 8-4, 9-3 season. I'm hopeful for that now, for sure. But LSU? That was... That was rough, Brian. I gotta say that that was that was a rough one. Um, you know, FAU screwed the bed, but you know, what's new? Oh man, we talked about that last week too with Willie Taggart. You know, it, at this point, it, it's really looking shaky, especially considering that they're going into the AAC next year. A lot more competition. So Willie Taggart, that it's not a good showing. I mean, they went on the no. road to face an Ohio team. The game was it was crazy. It was electric, mm-hmm. but. It was sloppy, it was back and forth, and, and FAU just could not catch up. Yeah, not just that, but with that 12-man playoff team that we were talking about, there, you know, I've seen things where there six conferences are going to get a lock, and that's right. assuming the Pac-12 and the Big 12 don't merge if the Big 10 doesn't rate it. So and, you know, and this, it's hard to interrupt. There's your five the, yeah. right there, but your sixth one's going to be the AAC, right. most likely. So we're, we, need to, we need to upgrade. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off there. No, yeah, I, I mean... I, 
Exactly. I mean, if you're getting all these conferences in there, I think that's great. But that's another point I wanted to bring up about the 12-team playoff is that I'm almost happy in a way that it's not in place yet. I, I want the conferences to be aligned first and, and aligned formally. So I think maybe 2026, the reason they gave that date, or the hopeful date of 2024, is that maybe most of these things will be resolved or in the process of, of being finalized by the time that we get to that point. Because I don't want to get there and and we start this, this whole 12-team format with the Pac-12, with the Big 12, and then a year or two into it, they're gone, and we're left with, okay, what's the what's the bracket now? Are there even six conferences to choose from? So I think these things need to be in place, too. No, uh, totally. I, I see it more like 2025 optimism. Yeah. Because, I mean, Big Ten has been open about, they structure their even their new TV deal with the fact of expansion potential. So I think you go into the offseason, see if any more, more changes are going to happen, and most teams are switching next year. Give it a year to get all set in place, get the recruiting, get the programs established in the SEC and the Big 12. And, the and, and I'm even referencing so. maybe the possibility for more expansion, right? And then, then you would need that extra two years that are part of that 2025 date. Yeah. Then it would give you time for even more teams to, to change. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally disagree. Totally um, agree with that. But it also brings in, you know, there was a lot of excitement week one. One, there were a lot of good good games they just turned out to be really good matchups and just good atmospheres but then you look at that game of florida and utah and first off i i, I got credit to florida they look good this year i i definitely losing my bet on that one that one's not going to pan out and but i'm happy about it though because that means florida's going to have a competitive team mm-hmm. been in florida it's always good to have competitive florida teams we were here. thinking about going to a game over there we were yeah we were we should have went to the utah one they were here <laughs> it would have been hot hot though you know i don't know if you saw it but the utah guy was throwing up on the sideline in the first quarter Oof. welcome to florida in the swamp but <laughs> yeah i mean it was, it was good it was a good game to watch but it reminded me that uh I kind of was texting you this, but it reminded me to never buy into the hype of the Pac-12 ever again in Week 1. They are 1-8 in, in top 25 matchups in Week 1. Remind me to never buy into that hype again, please, because that, that, that cost me one, not just Week 1 bet for a game, but it cost me for my season in and, and Florida for sure. Yeah, and, and that's why you might be seeing some of these conferences dissolve, because... How much credibility does the Pac-12 have? They just do not match up against any other conference. You might as well. I mean, at this point, and I know that these are complicated issues and, you know, other podcasts that we do, we can discuss it further out. But basically the, sum, the summary of what we've been talking about here is, you know, this expansion, if it's going to happen, let's get all these teams aligned up, get it formalized before it starts. So now let's move into the Jayhawk watch and cue the sound. And I really hope there is a sound that I could clip off YouTube for this, and I'm not copyright. But there is a sound here. Jayhawk Watch, Week One, and this is unreal. They won. But they won. They were. This was the game they were expected to win for sure. So we're one and zero. We need two more games. They play uh, Duke. In, I think two weeks, if I, if I remember correctly. Sorry, I got my all my dates messed up. We're in the best week of the year. Fantasy draft, college football Week One just ended. We got Week One of NFL. It's, Got to get some more clarity in my head. But, yeah, one um, 1-0. We play Duke in a few weeks. They're, it's supposed to be more of a back-and-forth game, but expecting them to kind of pull that one out. There's your second win, and we just need to steal a game here throughout the season. So I'm happy we got through the one we, we needed in a dominant fashion. So 1-0, need two more. Jayhawk fans over here. 
Alrighty, man. Week two college football. We got some games this week, too. Maybe not the Ohio State-Notre Dame quality, but there's some good games, including Alabama and Texas starting at 12 o'clock. The big Fox game, so you'll have Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Alabama, Texas. It's going to be a fun one. Obviously, Alabama's going to win. Uh, I hate to say it like that, but it's, it's going to happen. But we know a lot of these times we have these big high-octane offenses, you're going to get maybe these like 45 to 35 games, these 56 to 53s. Uh, we saw it with, I think, Texas and Oklahoma last year. They matched up. That was incredibly high scoring, although Alabama has a better defense than either Oklahoma or Texas has ever had in the last decade. So you might not see Texas put up the same amount as Alabama or come close to it. So maybe it's a 55 to 20, uh, 21 game or something like that. But I still think you're going to see some points scored in a game like this. What do you have? So when I initially looked at this game yesterday, I was like, um, I was going to take Saban against the line. Um, he's always, long term, you always take Saban against the line. You might lose some along the way, but they will pay out long term. I think he's like 24 and 16 on the road. That's in, at like a Texas, not a neutral site, like on the road type deal against the spread. I saw it at 17 when it opened yesterday. Boy, do I wish I would have taken that. So right now I have it at 20 and a half, and I made sure to take it before we get to that 21 so I don't get screwed on a half point like that again this weekend. But I'm taking Saban and the spread. I trust they're going to go in and win that game. I, I know they're going to win that game. It's just a matter of how much. Again, that's my long-term type deal is take Saban against the spread. He covered his 41-point spread last weekend, so I'm, I'm going to stick to that. You know. If I lose it, it's fine. I, I know that keep playing it, it will pay off for me. So, Do you think there's anything going for Texas in terms of can they keep this game close? Um, I certainly hope so because you have the Manning brother that was just um, you know, committed there. I'd, honestly, I'd be worried recruiting-wise if Alabama goes in there and blows them out completely and dominates them at home, if, what he might do. I don't think he leaves, but I definitely hope they keep it competitive. They got the good running back in there. I mean – I, I, could, I really hope they put 10, 17 on the board, keep it somewhat competitive the first half, one Alabama runway second half. But, you know, Texas has struggled the last few years. So Yeah, and, and yeah, they're going into the SEC. So they they got to start playing with the big boys if they're going in there. they You know, if they go limping in, it's not the best look. Yeah. I mean, Saban has never – he's lost twice, sorry, to his um, former assistants, which were um, last year for A&M and then Georgia can't take the Kirby Smart away. Kirby Smart, I think, is a great coach. I think he's better than Jimbo. But, so, I mean, I don't think Steve Kers I can never pronounce his last Steve name. Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I can never <laughs> pronounce that. We never get it right around here. But uh, I don't I don't think he's he's at that level to be able to compete with him just yet. No. I mean, you need multiple. I mean, look how long it took Kirby Smart. I mean, it, it took some attempts with better teams. So, it it's going to take some work for Texas. But keep it close. That's what we're rooting for. What do you got for your next pick? Okay, for my next one is I'm going to the Louisville-UCF game. I saw the line at 6.5. I made sure to snag that. One thing that I kind of regretted last week was if I saw a line I liked, I waited a few days and it went up a little bit more. Um, so I'm taking it at 6.5 before it gets to that 7 so I don't get screwed on that half point again. Louisville was supposed to have a good offense, very high-powered offense. This is kind of what the scattering port was supposed to be this year. It only scored 7 points, struggled a little bit. UCF, I, I think they're... Against Syracuse. Yeah, right. Syracuse, of all teams, right. Syracuse. I mean, 
UCF, I just think they're going to go in and score. That's kind of kind of playing a hunch, you know. I got to get to my mid-season form like the players do and sports <laughs> vetting a little bit. So it's kind of – we got a little bit of a sample table. And I'm using that a little bit right now, but still kind of feeling it out a little bit. Yeah, and this is another example of UCF, a team that's about to go into the Big 12. You're facing an ACC team, and you got to make statements against schools like this. You're going to be playing them all the time. You're only going to be playing Power 5 after this year. So that's uh, a big statement. But also Louisville – do they want to go 0-2? I think that's a big factor into this as well. Theoretically, you would think that Louisville's a better program than UCF. They've had a longer history in the Power Five, um, but it is a home game for UCF. Uh, that factors into it. But I, I think Louisville, if they go 0-2, that's a lot of drama there. They were expected to be better than that with the quarterback that they have. So they might go in feeling a lot more pressure to win while UCF sitting there one and zero, but the, the, you know this is a conflicting factors type of game. Yeah, that's that's why you know got to get the midseason form three four weeks and is that that's really when you get to see that back and forth. Did does Syracuse actually have a decent program this year? Did Louisville in a slump or did they catch them off guard for a game type deal or is Louisville really not going to live up to that hype this year? So hey, that, that's why. I, I'm approaching that game with caution, but I also am optimistic UCF's going to come and take care of business. They usually do when they play the big dogs. They have been pretty consecutive that lately. Beat Florida in their uh, bowl game last year. It was a great game to go to, by the way. But, yeah. Alrighty. so what about your next game? So the next one is Hawaii on the road at Michigan. Oof. Big house. I know Hawaii is trash. <laughs> Trust me. I know they're not good. But did you see the spread on that? It was 51 points for Michigan. That is absurd. And, you know, just like I was saying, I take my long-term things that got to pay off. If you take any team that's, you know, a respectable program, but any team in general, at 31 points when you start hitting that spread, if you take the under on that for, for any team, so if any team, that pays off long-term. Obviously, that wouldn't have paid off against the Colorado State. They were against Michigan last week. It was at 31 and a half, but Colorado State had no form of offense whatsoever. And that you would take almost, though. Yeah. I mean, you're, I would take that line. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that's why I'm taking the Hawaii line. I know they're trash, but, like, it's a 51-point line. Michigan's got to score at least 51, 52 points to cover that and pitch a shutout during that. And if Hawaii scores one, two touchdowns, or even a field goal, they just got to start covering that on top of it. So, no, I'm, I'm going to take the line on that. If I get, If I lose it, on the 51-point line, I won't be upset because that's, that's insane to cover. But Yeah, and, and as well, another factor here for Michigan is I know Hawaii's trash, but they are changing their quarterback for game two, so it's not going to be the same offense running it out there. They're still going to be trying stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had the quarterback duo type deal. That, I mean, four quarterbacks entered the game for Michigan last week, but that's also, you know, they, they were up by a lot at right. one point. but. Exactly. They're kind of feeling out their offense, see what will happen, what will click. The thing about Michigan, though, why I don't think it will cover this is because they're more of a ground attack game than that over-the-top with scoring you in 30 seconds like Ohio State can do. Now, they're capable of it, don't get me wrong, but that's just not their philosophy. So they're, they're going to slow that game down, and it's going to make it harder to cover that 51. Alrighty. So you got any more college here? I got one more. Alrighty. So last weekend, I don't know if you saw that game, Iowa against South Dakota State. My goodness. They went to halftime at 3-3. Three to three. <laughs> What was the final score? 7-3. Seven seven three. Three. Yep. Yep. They won because of two safeties. Oh. Two safeties. 
what? Oh, that's just absurd to begin with. But, you know, I don't know if it was because they were looking ahead to this week's matchup against Iowa and Iowa State. You know, rivalry week. Iowa State, I saw, was favored at that three and a half line. I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah. I am taking that. And, and if I lose that one, I can live with that. But I am taking that because the performance they just put up against South Dakota State. I don't care if you're looking ahead. That is a poor performance to be putting up against South Dakota State, a team that isn't in a conference that should not be competing with Big Ten teams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They shouldn't. Listen, I mean, Iowa, this is going back. They had that run last year where they were in that top four conversation. The right after that, they stopped scoring points. And, mm-hmm. and it's been since that point of last season that they have basically been, we have to hope and pray for touchdowns. It's that bad offensively. And, and I know Adiel, uh, you know, we talked about him all the time. He's an Iowa fan. Um, he, he doesn't like Ferentz. He's been on, he's two, three years now. He's like, Ferentz got to go. They keep sticking with them, and it, they can't score points. It's brutal over there. Yeah, I mean, I know they're usually good defensively. It is a rivalry game. And they are. Game. That's yeah. that's what they do. Exactly, but it is a rivalry game. I do expect them to show up. No matter how trash teams are going into a rivalry game, no matter what, they usually compete because it is a rivalry game. So I do expect kind of a decent game, hopefully, but I'm taking that three and a half. Alrighty, so now we're going to move on to the NFL. We got Thursday, September 8th, Buffalo Bills at the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are the home team, SoFi Stadium. The line right now is Buffalo minus 2.5, the over-under 53. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to go with Buffalo, with, and I'm going to take the line. The reason is I think Buffalo's coming into this season. And by the way, we, we did a podcast on the uh, predictions for the season for the playoffs. I don't think it was as concrete as we liked it to be. Uh, CJ and I kind of went all over the place, but the podcast is up. So we go into our predictions more there. I'm not going to focus on that here. going to go more on a game-to-game basis. So I'm going to go with Buffalo. They have something to prove. Uh, last year, I think that they knew they were the better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. The NFL changed the overtime rules because I think they knew it too. I think they knew Buffalo deserved a second chance to get that other possession and go in and try and tie that game and beat Kansas City uh, last year in the AFC championship game, or was the no 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 AFC uh, semifinal game, the game before that. Buffalo has something to prove. They have Josh Allen now. They're bringing in the former Ram Von Miller into that defense. They finally have that premier defender, and I think people forget this. Buffalo they had the number two overall defense in the NFL last year, and now they're adding Von Miller. So. Matt Stafford, he's dealing with a little bit of an elbow issue right now. I think the Rams, obviously, they just won the Super Bowl. I'm not even picking the Bills because of the Super Bowl hangover. I don't think that will be an issue with this team. I think they're they're better than that. Too much talent to worry about. And I also think on, on the offensive end, he's going to have to get used to uh, uh, Allen Robinson a little bit on the wide receiver. He doesn't have Odell right now, so he doesn't have Robert Woods anymore. So it's a little bit of a different offensive scheme. Again, hurt elbow a little bit for Stafford, so I'm going to pick Buffalo on that line. Yeah, um, before we get into the NFL a little bit, NFL is a little bit more on Jacobs. He loves the NFL, more of a college person, but we equally enjoy them both for football. So NFL, I, I trust We both bet. sit there for red zone every I, week. I know, I know, yeah. but I, when it comes to betting-wise, I always trust your hand a little bit more over mine. I don't know why it is in the NFL. I just don't trust myself with the NFL, but I'm, I'm a little more optimistic this, this year. We're kind of going through these before we started, so um, I'm actually going to agree with you on the Buffalo two and a half. I do see the Rams being good this year. I don't see the Super Bowl hangover coming. 
Allen Robinson, I think, is going to be great for the Rams. Can't go too depth in analysis because I'm not going to lie. I want to use him for fantasy, but we still have a fantasy draft coming up that him and I are in. So <laughs> talk about it after. Yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> I can't I can't talk about too much about some of these games and players just right now. I got to make sure I get him on the fantasy board, right? So, but I'm taking the Bills, uh, two and a half. All right, I, and another thing to mention for the Rams, Cam Akers is back. Uh, hopefully, he's not. If I remember correctly, it was either right before the first game of the season or in the first game in the first series where he was out for the year. So if he can remain, they, they won a Super Bowl basically without him. So uh, big deal right there. So we'll start chronologically here. Well, one thing, I, I might be a little, me personally, a little cautious about that two and a half for Buffalo. I do believe they'll win the game. But I'm going to take the over 53. I, I feel a lot more confident in that from the line personally. Okay. Just because I think it's going to be high scoring, like a 30-27 type deal. Yeah, I mean, you listen, Buffalo, the number two defense last year, but see how high scoring that Chiefs-Bills game was. When you face good teams, you're going to give up points. Yeah, and the Rams, are they're good. They're, they have all the weapons. I, I think right. they'll at least score a couple of touchdowns. So. And they're home. Uh, exactly. You know. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be a great game. And also, the Rams added Bobby Wagner from Seattle, so they didn't lose Von Miller and then add nothing to replace him. Bobby Wagner might even be a better asset at a younger age. I think he's younger, uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what I think about that contract. 1 o'clock on Fox, Saints-Falcons in Atlanta. The line is minus 5.5 New Orleans. They've got Jameis. They've got Michael Thomas coming back. Alvin Kamara looks like the legal situation is not going to affect 2022. So you still got him in it running back to depend on. Jarvis Landry added to that offense along with Chris Olave, who we know from Ohio State. So, yeah, Saints got some weapons. I was just about to say, you forgot the best target I think they have there is Chris Olave. Yeah. What, he would tear up Michigan State. Loved watching him at Ohio State. But I, the Saints, they have too many weapons. The Falcons, I don't – not high on them at all. It's Mariota, man. Yeah. It's – Brutal. Not high in them at all for the season. I know five and a half is kind of a lot for NFL to kind of really want to take that, but I'm confident in the Saints. It is at five and a half. It kind of gets us away from a six and a half or a seven, so it gives us a little bit more room. So I, I will take that five and a half. All right, we'll move on to 49ers-Bears. This is a game that I, I think, and it's in Chicago. It's a one o'clock game on Fox. The line minus seven San Francisco over under a 41. Chicago, they're not a great roster. They don't have many weapons at all. Every weapon that they tried to add at receiver got injured. So they're not going to score a lot of points. I feel bad for Justin Fields because I think he's talented, but he's in a pretty murky situation right now. Montgomery's still healthy at running back. That'll be nice. But you're facing a team in San Francisco that we know they're loaded at defense, but they are shifting at quarterback. I think it's going to be a game of adjustment. It's going to be a cold game in Chicago. So for Trey Lance to go in and to be expected to win by more than seven or by a touchdown, I'm hesitating there because Trey Lance is still young. He's facing another young quarterback. So from that standpoint, there's not that much of a separation right now. And I think it's going to be a game of adjustments for him playing in the cold. I'm going to, I'm going to take Chicago on the line here. San Francisco will win the game. I'll take the line for Chicago. That tells you how spoiled we are in Florida. 73 degrees is cold, man. Is it really only 73? Yeah. It's, it's oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Never mind on that point. Holy cow. It tells you how, how you know, spoiled we are. I'm assuming something different there. Wow. I mean, 73, that, that does sound cold and nice right now compared to our 100-degree heat, yeah. heat waves out here. But 
honestly, I, I, I kind of agree with all those arguments. I think it's going to be a close, low scoring. I know Bears had some struggles scoring last year. That over-under is at 41. I'm kind of liking the over just a little bit because usually most teams in the NFL can get to – they usually score around 21 points. And if we're having that close game like we're talking about, it means both teams will be around that 20. So I'm going to take the over. All right, Steelers, Bengals, and Cincinnati. The Ben Roethlisberger era is over. We're handing it over to Mitch Trubisky for now. Kenny Pickett waiting in the wings, the former Pitt alum, uh, playing in the same stadium. Uh, which, by the way, the Steelers and the Bengals renaming their stadiums. The Cincinnati Bengals going from Paul Brown Stadium. Now it's Paycor Stadium uh, because they want to keep Joe Burrow and make money, and that will help them make money. And the Pittsburgh Steelers no longer Heinz Field. It's now Acrisure Stadium. So uh, shifting errors in stadium names in the AFC North. But the line is minus 6.5 for the defending AFC champion Bengals over under at 44. I think that's... I'm taking Pittsburgh on the line. I think Pittsburgh, they have one of the top defenses in the NFL. You can't take that away from them. And even though they made the playoffs last year and they squeaked in, the AFC is loaded. That it, it, and, and that's why I'm picking them not to make the playoffs. I predicted that on our Strictly Sports pod. I said they're not going to make the playoffs, but not even necessarily because I think they're a bad team. The AFC is just loaded. You're going to have four or five teams that are probably over 500 they are going to miss in the AFC. But I think the Steelers are actually low-key a better team. Mitch Trubisky, as much slack as I've given him over the years, he's actually a better option than Ben Roethlisberger because he can move, and I think he can actually throw better than Ben Roethlisberger could last year, and that's saying something. So the Pittsburgh Steelers will still be able to move it. They've got Najee Harris, and I think it's going to be a close game because the Pittsburgh Steelers still have that great defense. Yeah, no disagreements here. Usually... uh. I feel like all those matchups, the Steelers, the Bengals, Baltimore, Cleveland, when they're all good and healthy and consecutive, these games are usually pretty close, pretty back and forth. Score sometimes might not show it, but I am going to take Pittsburgh on that line. I think six and a half is a lot to give, especially to a team that is good consecutively. Um, usually right around that 500 mark every year. I, I don't expect them to win, but set the standard, start it, and to be honest, a little hunch. Um, we were talking about those names of the new stadiums. Don't really like the Steelers' new uh, stadium name, so. But we will we will bear with it is that they are on the road and take the Steelers on the line. Alrighty, this game really confuses me, and I feel like whoever does these lines, they're watching Hard Knocks and they're like, the lines are going to do way better than people think. They've got the Eagles at minus four. This is a little bit ridiculous to me. The Eagles I have winning the NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys depleted so much asset-wise, defensively and offensively, that I think the Eagles adding A.J. Brown and, and getting younger on the offensive line and adding a corner, uh, what's his name? They added a corner from the Giants and blanking on the name right now, but they, they got better in the, in the defensive area as well. Detroit's not a good team. They're getting younger. They're, they look better, but minus four? I, I mean, I, this is not going to be a, a field goal game. I think this is a touchdown game at least, even on the road for Philadelphia. You Number know, one all rushing offense last year. Yeah, you know, I definitely see the argument for the Lions of wanting to become better this year for sure. I think we were kind of looking at the schedule on the road, and I think we're going to have disadvantages when it comes to the Lions. I'll be taking them a little bit more in different games, but I am going to take Philly on that four. I, the Lions did play some close games last year. They blew some games type deal. So I do expect them to improve win loss record wise 
at least this year, maybe get a couple more. And I think that's where you and I will kind of have our different differences through the season when we're looking at that schedule. But for this one, I am going to take Philly. I have high hopes for Philly making the playoffs. So, you know, four, I'm going to take that. All right, Patriots-Dolphins. They got the Dolphins at minus three in Miami, over under 46-and-a-half. Miami got a lot better. There's no question about that. Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson. They added uh, the offensive lineman, Teron Armstead, from New Orleans. They added running backs. They added a new, uh, new head coach, Mike McDaniel, that they're really uh, hyped up about down in South Florida. CJ, I mean, you listen to Strictly Sports. We, we all know CJ gets hyped about the Dolphins. Uh, so we know about them. The New England Patriots, they stood pat pretty much as they always pretty much do. They go in with the same rosters, uh, although they sold off a lot of their high assets too. J.C. Jackson went to the Chargers, so they lost on the safety end. I still think this game's going to be closer. Uh, you know what? I'm almost second-guessing this. We, we I, talked about this game before you know, it, and I'm going to be honest. I'll just say mine while you're second-guessing yourself. I'm taking Miami. The Patriots always go into Miami and have a hard time winning. I know With it's, Brady. I know it's the first week in Bill Belichick. You don't really want to go against him, but I'm going to take Miami just because it is at home, and I expect them to split the series between the two of them this year. And since Miami's at home, I'm going to take the home team. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Mike, McD- uh, they have Mike, the new coach. Tua is going to be on a hot seat if they lose this game, let's be honest, because you got Tyreek Hill and everyone, all those new weapons. We expect to have high hopes for Tua this year. I, I mean, in general, everyone does. I don't think he lives up to it. That's, that's a debate for a different thing. But overall, there's high hopes for Tua. So I'm going to take Miami. They are at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. Uh, I agree with you because if you factor in the season series part of it, this is a major game in week one that you, you got to win, especially if you're trying to make the playoffs in the AFC. We talked about how tight it is. I'm going Miami. So we got Baltimore and the Jets in New York, in New Jersey. Excuse me. Line is minus seven. Baltimore over under a 44 and a half. This is easy for me too. I mean, there's no Zach Wilson. There's no Tristan. Uh, not Tristan Wirfs. Mackie Becton on the offensive line. Mims wants to be traded at wide receiver. The Jets are in shambles. What's new? Ravens are going to go in there. They're going to get a free win in Week One. I think they're going to blow the Jets out. I, I'm not really going to disagree with there, you there. I, the line's at seven. If I could buy some points and get it to six and a half, six, I would love to do that just for my betting purposes-wise. But uh, I'm definitely taking the line at seven. I, I, can't, I can't see them. the Jets really showing up and playing. Baltimore's supposed to be good this year. I, I expect Baltimore to win. Yeah, and I had to look at this. Joe Flacco facing his former boys in week one, too. Look at that. I mean, we always love those good competitions when they come in. You know, they, they tend to be good games, but we're talking about the Jets here. Let's be realistic. Yeah. I, seven's a lot to take in the NFL, for sure. That's why I said I, if I could buy that half point or a point, I'd love to. But I'll, I'm, st- I'm still taking seven. It's a tough game here. Jaguars at the Commanders. Yes, we were talking about this one before the pod, of course, just kind of running through it. Can you say Commanders for me? Commanders. Thank you. Oh, this is not, I feel right. But we looked at the line. We looked at the over-under. I don't know if you changed your mind, but personally I didn't. I'm still going to take that money line and just take an outlier winner in the Commanders for this game. I, I have no trust and faith in either of these teams. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. 
I hate to agree on a betting pod, but it's just true because the line's too close. You don't know what Wentz is going to do. Uh, all, and, and same thing with Jacksonville. You got Travis Etienne now. You got Doug Peterson as your head coach. So there should be some more stability. You added, although some of their moves at receiver were a little questionable because they added Christian Kirk and let go of um, Zay Jones and one of their other big receivers. So I was confusing. I think the receivers they let go of are not as good as Christian Kirk. So we'll see with Jacksonville. Washington is the better team. So, yeah, they're home. They'll win the game. I don't know by how many points. Yeah. It's week one. If this was a week four game, I'd probably take the minus three if I knew what Jacksonville's record was. It's one of those week one matchups. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a week one matchup. That's also why I'm going to take the money line. Plus, I know I'm not going to want to not bet this game. That's why I'm taking the money line on this one personally. But I, I still have no faith in, in this bet. Let's be realistic here. It's the Commanders and Jaguars. Unfortunately, I just don't have faith in this one, but I'm not, not betting this. So, All righty. 1 o'clock CBS in Charlotte, North Carolina. Baker's former team, the Browns, facing Baker's new team, the Carolina Panthers. Line is minus 2.5 for Carolina. 41.5 is the over-under. This is tough because Cleveland has a, an overwhelmingly, I think, better roster. Although, Carolina with, I'm blanking on the name again, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. That looks good with Baker Mayfield to me. Carolina's home. You're facing Jacoby Brissett, but he's got Amari Cooper now. You've got David Njoku. You've got your healthy running backs in there. You've got uh, yeah, you've got Njoku and, and uh, our guy, Harrison Bryant, at tight end. Mm-hmm. Receiver's a little weak outside of Amari Cooper now that Jarvis Landry's gone. But the only thing is the Browns, uh, you they know don't what? have their quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. That... That's that's kind of what's keeping me on it, but they are still way too talented. To your point, it's Browns are covering. Yeah. Browns are covering, but I think they'll lose the game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a two and a half gives me it. I, I want to agree and go the Browns, but I also see the flip coin of the Panthers. They are at home. Baker Mayfield, Christian McCaffrey is back. He's healthy. I mean, yeah. there were points last year where when the Panthers were winning, we were talking maybe they could make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the Panthers long-term. We've talked about this as well. I think they're maybe, you know, going to have seven, eight wins on the season. Just personally, that's my opinion. I think it's going to have a hard time slating and picking up some of those wins. The, the, before this, the pod, I was leaning Carolina. I'm not going to lie, but I think you convinced me to kind of join you. I'm, I'm going to have to change my bet and, and, and bet the Browns with you, man. All righty, there we go. Colts-Texans. Matt Ryan, first game with the Colts. Minus eight is the line, over under 46. Houston's not good. Tickets are low as $22. That's the lowest price we've seen so far. <laughs> that might be my reason to take the minus eight for the Colts. The only thing that They scares, don't even expect anything out of their own team. The only thing that scares me, it is eight points you're giving an NFL I know, team. yeah. That's why if I could buy that and get me at a six and a half, I would love that. But I don't know. I, I'm not going against... Matt Ryan, their new quarterback. Pittman, I expect to have a great year. Personally, I'm a fan of Pittman. I don't. I know some people feel different about him, but I like Pittman. I think he's good. And then Jonathan Taylor in that backfield. This is the real first offensive threat they have in a few years. I'm. I'm going to take the. I'm going to have to take the eight. Yeah, and, and you know me. I mean, we talk about it all the time throughout the years. I've been tooting the Colts horn yeah. for years. You know, you love their GM. You love the roster construction. You love everything about them, and they never put it together and Matt Ryan I think is that guy so well 
you know what's got me there is Pat McAfee. You know, yeah, Pat you know. McAfee being yeah. the Colts. It was, I had a hard time putting that on, putting that bet on that eight earlier, but I did it. I'm right there with you. I'm taking that eight. Giant, my Giants, and the Tennessee Titans, 425 game in Nashville. Titans minus five and a half. This is a no-brainer. Titans are going to win. They're going to blow out the Giants. The Giants stink. There's too much drama. I don't like my own team. They're going to lose bad. You know, I think this is the first year Tennessee is going to we're going to have an eye-opening across the league that maybe they're on as good as they have been the last. And few that's years. true too. Yeah, I don't like the Titans. I don't even have them making the playoffs. Exactly. We'll kind of really see that you know Derrick Henry is force of that team and has been and kind of got a glimpse of it last year but you and I have been talking about Tennessee and they're not really there for the last few years so I'm, I'm not a fan of Tennessee but I will gonna take Tennessee on this I trust that they can score a little bit more I even wanted to flirt with the over under if I were to t- flirt with that I'm taking the under I, yeah. I haven't I'm, I'm convincing myself that I want to take that over the line right now but the right Giants now, won't score yeah as of right now I have the line for Tennessee. No hope in my Giants, as always. Another 425 game we got. I'll do the best one for last. So let's do Raiders Chargers. 425 on CBS. Another SoFi Stadium game. Minus three is the line favoring the Chargers. Over under a 52. This is, I think, one of the these three that were about the four final game. Or Actually, you know what? Let's skip over this and do Monday Night Football first because this is, I think, another no-brainer type situation. Monday Night Football, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman getting the Monday Night Call now on ESPN. So Finally. We got some good announcers back on Monday Night. Yeah. But, you know, let's just, like you said, it's a no-brainer. This is exactly the line I've been looking for all day. Buying those, getting you to six, six and a half. We have a six right here. I took it at six, but trust me, I, I Denver's going to go in and win. The over-under is 43. Uh, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle, the storybook. Um, he's going to win and he's going to blow out his former team. It's good. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to go. By the way, um, I was about to say something fantasy. I got to wait till next week. I know. I, it's, it's what's killing me is I can't really give my true analysis on some of these games. There's like the wide receivers and the running backs. I mean, obviously I can talk about Jonathan Taylor because it's Jonathan Taylor, right. but I can't really give my explanation because, you know, i got to draft with you tomorrow night and i got to make sure you're not snagging my guys for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't need you, though. That's the thing. I, I have my own mind and uh, you yeah. don't think I need you. But like, even if we agree on, like, some of these players, let's stick with Jonathan Taylor. You know, being that guy that is your sleeper in the fifth round, obviously we know Jonathan Taylor's not a fifth-round sleeper, but being that guy in the sleeper in the fifth round, if you know that I like them, you know you can steal them from me. That's that's yeah. why I'm like I can't can't really. I do have a sleeper guys. pick that I don't want to even say his name today. Yeah, like I have two or three in, in me, and we've gone through a couple of these games. And I'm like I see my sleeper in that one, but <laughs> do I want him? You know, it's like that's that's what's killing me right now. <laughs> All right, Raiders Chargers minus three in LA. I have the Chargers winning the division. They added Khalil Mack. They added J.C. Jackson and a healthy Derwin James and hopefully a healthy Bosa to that defense. That's a loaded defense. We know they can do it offensively with Justin Herbert. He enhances everyone out there on that offense. That offensive line was upgraded before last season, and it almost paid off if their head coach had just taken the tie. But the Raiders added a lot as well. You have Devontae Adams being added to that offense. Josh Jacobs is a great running back. And... I'm really hesitating here because the 
All right, Chargers are the home team. I will take them. I will take the Raiders to cover, and I think it will be another you know, game-ending field goal type of situation. The Chargers are down by two or by one, and they win by one or two. That's how I think this game is going to go. Yeah, see, um, this is why I love sports betting. It's because I look at that line. It's at three. I love that. The Chargers winning by three. Totally love that. Vegas does a good job of getting all these lines right. I mean, we might come back next week and look at this and, you know, three, really? That was kind of a joke. Chargers won by 10 or 13, which I don't think is going to happen. But, you know, they usually get it pretty right, which makes it fun to bet these. That being said, if I could buy that half point for two and a half, I'd take the Chargers. But then again, I, I don't know. I, I took the Chargers at three, but I'm having a little bit of, you know, do I really trust it right now? That's one of those things that during the week I, I might have to readjust that bet. But right now I have them at three. Alrighty, Bucks Cow, your Bucks. Yes, sir. At the Dallas Cowboys, Sunday night football, 820 on NBC. And another new announcing crew there, no more Al Michaels. So it's Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth now uh, getting the call over there at NBC. Uh, and then the other new call, uh, new announcing crew is over at Amazon Prime now. The Thursday Night Football will be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, so that'll be a lot of fun too. And then the new Fox crew for this year, and we don't know which Fox. I'm, I'm assuming 425 on Fox will be the new Fox crew. It'll be Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Uh, and then when Tom Brady retires, it'll be Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady. But anyway, back to the Sunday Night Football game. Minus one and a half, favoring Tampa Bay, over yes. under a 50. Yes, um, you kind of led into that segment. Again, we are talking the bets that we are taking personally, so we don't get too much into analysis, but we try and add it. But I do think this might be Brady's last year. It's the first time I've ever felt Brady could retire after this year. That being said, you know, he's playing for a Super Bowl. That one and a half is pretty much a pick em game at that time, but I'm picking the Bucks. I know I'm a little bit of a homer on that one, but I'm taking the Bucks. I have some analysis for this. If we were filming this the day after our fantasy, I could definitely provide it. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, the Cowboys, they lost a lot. Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper are gone. They lost defensive guys as well. They're not the same. I mean, listen, the Cowboys last year were in a situation just like the Rams where this was the one year where you could pay all your guys, and you get, and the Bucks had that situation as well, and they did it, and the Rams did it, but the Cowboys didn't, as we would expect. Uh, now that roster is not that max roster they had last year. So if they didn't do it last year, I'm not confident in it this year. I know they're the home team. I got the Bucks anyway. Final slate here. Final two games. We got Chiefs at the Cardinals. Minus four and a half to the Chiefs. Fifty-three and a half to the over/under. I'm gonna take Arizona on the line, and I actually think they're gonna win the game too. The Chiefs last year started off slow. There were points even last year where we thought, do the, are the Chiefs going to make the playoffs? And now in a stacked AFC, they might not even make the playoffs this year. That was my bold take on the pot. I mean, I had them making it, but I said if I had to have a bold take, it would be the Chiefs missing because they struggled last year and because it's so much more difficult this year. But they might lose this opening week game against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, to that point, you talk about the Chiefs having a slow, but, but the Cardinals, they always start out pretty strong. It's right. that second half slump in the playoffs for them. I'm taking that line for the Cardinals. I don't know if they. I don't think they really win this game. I could. I see the argument. Definitely could see them winning. Four and a half. I'm going to take the Cardinals in the line. The one I really did take though, that I 
I, I like this one a little bit better than that line. Is that over-under for the game? I expect fireworks from both of these offense. Even on a slow Chiefs. Even without Tyreek? Even without Tyreek, I still you know expect that they're going to score and move the ball. Like There's not many chances I'd see Patrick Mahomes go in and struggle scoring and moving the ball. I mean, I, the Cardinals are going to score. The Chiefs are going to score. I mean, D-Hop's not there for the Cardinals right now, too. So no, but they added Marquise Brown from the Ravens. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they added weapons, for sure. I mean, Juju's with... Um, KC, which, and uh, Valdez Scantling. Exactly. I think yeah. they got some good options there, especially plugging them in the slot. They're going to have be able to move the ball. I, that's why I'm taking. I'm going to take the Cardinals on the line, but over under, I think they're going to light up the scoreboard, hit 30 points, both teams type deal. So, final game, Packers at the Vikings. This is the one I saved for last. This is going to be a really good game. The line is minus one and a half. Green Bay over under of 48. Minnesota's winning this football game. They are a better football team. That stadium is tough to play in. Rodgers, honestly, those games are always close, and he seems to struggle on the road in Minnesota more so than usually he might at other places. And it's a, this is a big adjustment game for Aaron. He's not, he doesn't have Devontae Adams. He doesn't have the weapons that he wants. He's been openly calling out his receivers. Uh, on Pat McAfee, he explained his whole philosophy behind it. So Aaron Jones, he's older. He's not the guy he used to be. Minnesota, they're loaded. Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. They added a, a, a defender from Green Bay, uh, Zadarius Smith. So they're taking weapons away from Green Bay. Minnesota's winning this game. Yeah, I know you saved this one for our for last one because it kind of seems like it's a little bit bold to call the Vikings the win. Personally, my game of the week is that Chiefs-Cardinals game. Mm. But Packers, I, it's hard to go against Rodgers. Always is. Always have a hard time. I have to agree. I think the Vikings are winning this game. They have such a great roster this year. There's and a new coach. New coach, great roster. I have high hopes that they're going to be good and win that division this year. Definitely taking the Vikings that, that game. You know, I know we agreed on a lot this week. Usually we don't agree on a lot on the bets that you and I take. But this week, it's a week one. It's kind of hard to – It's hard. It's hard to really sit there and be like – trust your instinct on type deals. Because you're basing a lot of it off last year. Yeah. So. I, I expect that, you know, once we get into our mid-season form, three, four weeks, we'll start seeing those discrepancies again. So you and I, usually you and I have completely different bets, and especially on the lines. We might agree on who wins games, but lines for sure. Yeah. You Man, know. it's going to be fun, NFL Red Zone. I will be sitting with a beer on a couch somewhere watching that. Scott Hansen. Announcing oh. a week one kickoff. Uh, oh. Nothing better than that. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping next week, though, when we come back to the pod, my college at least paid off a little actually, bit. I'm actually thinking here. Okay, so no, we, we will record by the next Thursday night football so that there's always that uh, that we have to think about there. Okay, so we'll be fine for – I was going to say maybe we'll pick Thursday night football for week two right now, but no, we could we could still yeah. wait. No, we, we could stick to our schedule Thursday yeah. around noon, we drop type deal record earlier in the week is kind of how we do it but i'm hoping you know my college pans out a little bit obviously i want my nfl too but it is week one I'm, i won't come back to the table mad because it is week one you get to see the whole slate watch all the games and i hope you have some good games absolutely so i guess that'll do it for this second episode of backyard bets we'll be back next week thank you guys for listening uh we will have a new strictly sports later this week a new strictly baseball as well you can check out last week's strictly baseball Uh, where Rory and I talk about Team USA loading up for the World Baseball Classic, as well as the Yankees. Man, they are going through something right now. 
we also have strictly hockey coming out before the season starts. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that closer when it kept, uh, when it gets here. You can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions for Tyler. I'm Jacob, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>